Hello, Shirt Family. We are at the very end. This is the last section, part four of chapter 13. This has been, this has been a very fun journey for me, and I am so excited to be able to reach this point with you all. This is, uh, at least for me, it's just fun to be able to study. Um, it's always a joy for me to be able to study uh, scripture at the amount, I mean, the quantity that I get to do hopefully quality as well and just to see how I can draw some principle in my own life and even teach it to some of you so that you can be so you can use this as a resource um, you know, on your daily life uh, as a supplement to your daily reading in hopes that you can um, find um, biblical principles and have greater knowledge of God and his word so this last week we're talking about how if you want to stunt your momentum of growing in Christ-likeness um, you first need to uh, not obey God's word. Uh, you need to not discipline the dis discipline disobedience. You need to not honor worship, and you need to uh, work like a non-Christian. And, and you can get into those. Listen to the previous ones, but the last one today. And if you want to stunt your growth, if you want to stop the momentum of, of, of your maturity. If, if as you grow into a more mature Christian, you need to date non-Christians. If you want to stunt your walk with the lord date a non-christian or if you want to think in a positive sense don't date non-christians if you want if you don't want to um stop your man momentum then don't date non-christians verse 23 to the end of the ch end of the book um so the uh nehemiah notices that there are individuals that have given their kids to marrying foreign uh, individuals uh, foreign uh people and he it frustrates them when he also realized that the children there didn't even speak hebrew um, this means that these fathers did not teach their kids god's word um, deuteronomy chapter 6 tells them that you need to teach your kids god's word so that they can know and follow the lord and these people were not doing that and it's evident by the fact that they don't even know the language they can't speak it but they're speaking the language of the gentiles Again, this isn't to say that the language itself is spiritual, but rather they didn't, the concepts from the language is missing, which shows that they're, they're just missing the spiritual component and the spiritual disciplines that the parents are supposed to have. This is why um, verse 25, it tells them that you shall not give your daughters to their sons and nor their daughters for your sons or for yourselves. They did, you know, they, they, they didn't realize or they didn't remember um, the severity of their own sin, which is why in 26, it says that he makes his reference to Solomon, verse 25, or verse 26 to 27. He makes his reference to Solomon, how this is an individual that had the most money, that, that had to encounter God. He was the wisest person, but yet because of sexual sin, he ended up, his heart being turned away from the Lord and falling into great sin. In verse 28 to 31, it ends with Nehemiah again purifying the people by, by chasing um, these individuals, these pagan worshippers out of the land in, in hopes that the people of God will be free from that relationship. And again, I said earlier in, in um, I, don't know, I forgot which chapter, but the, about the Israelites dating uh, non-Jews. Uh, and the reason is not an ethnic thing, but it's a religious thing. And um, you have to remember that a lot of them, when they use the word marriage, it's not always necessarily marriage in the way that we think about. It's just basically like them leaving their spouse so that they can be with like a, like a, like an, a, having an affair or, or be a mistress or have like, you know, some sort of moral relationship. That could be what's going on here as well, that they left, um, that they chose not to be with their believing spouse and to marry or be, have a relationship with their non-believing um, neighbors. Um, and I think the natural uh, 
the natural application for us is don't date non-Christians. Don't be in a relationship, uh, especially romantically, with non-Christians. This is I've, I've shared this again before. That of all the things I've seen that cause people to leave the faith, the most common one is people dating non-Christians. And um, you generally people are already pretty foolish when they're quote unquote in love. Um, but if they're like blinded by their sin, it's almost doubly so. Uh, it's almost like it almost when I see this stuff happens, it's, it's almost like I just need to give a one quick warning, and then I I don't expect them to listen to me until things go horribly wrong, and that's usually what happens. I think in my own in my life, I've only seen one person that dated a non-Christian and got away still a believer, and that's only because that non-Christian broke up with them, and then they realized like, oh wait, I, I God protected me and spared me from that. But generally speaking, if you want to date a non-Christian, that's a very dangerous path. Uh, there are people, even websites that actually have this idea of of dating evangelism that like okay it's my it's god's call for me because of how attractive i look to win people uh to christ by dating and marrying them um and that's foolish that's like like you know second corinthians 6 tells don't be unequally yoked and this isn't to say like okay one animal is alive and like two animal two alive animals are different uh types of animals then you know they run in a in different direction although that's true when you're unequally yoked with a non-believer you're tied to a corpse you're tied to someone that's going to corrode you in your spiritual walk. It's not. It's going to hold you back and not going to cause you to grow. Um, and again, this is for people who are single, choosing to date a non-Christian. I'm not speaking to those that are married already and became saved, or they were, ma- or you know, two or married couple. They're married as believing one from falling away from the faith. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking specifically to those that are single people who still have a choice whether or not they want to marry who they want to marry and they choose to marry a non-Christian. That is a very dangerous and foolish thing because it's going to turn your heart away from the Lord. It is often, it is, you know, it's just very easy uh, to, to to compromise when you're dating a non-Christian. You know, you're, like, you're not going to submit to God's word in one way. What makes you think you're going to submit to God in any other way? Uh, usually when I have to talk with people, people will just say, well, trust me, I know God knows my heart and he knows what he's doing. It's like, no, 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 you need to know what you're doing because what you're doing is offensive to the Lord. And if that's you today. If you're thinking about dating a non-Christian, my exhortation to you is to don't do it. Look at those failed relationships in scripture when um, when people date non-Christians, oftentimes their hearts are turned away from the Lord. And if you want to stunt your growth, that is one way to do it. One way to, to make sure that you don't grow in your Christ-likeness is to be involved in a non-believing relationship. On the flip side, for those of you that are married to a non-Christian, you have to endure. First Corinthians tells us that you can be a blessing to them. Um, you know, even the children can be a blessing. And that's great because of the positive influence that you will have in their life. Um, so continue to endure, continue to entrust yourself to the Lord during this time. It's not going to be an easy uh, life, um, but just continue praying for your family and your spouse in hopes that the Lord will use you. That is your mission field, and that's, a, and that's going to be um, you know, a very daunting task, but the Lord will sustain you during this time. And I hope that if you look at all five of these things, and you look at even all the things that we're doing with this podcast, and everything else that is designed for you to do one thing, that's for you to know God, to love God more and to do what God's word has to say. Um, my hope is that um, not that you don't lose your momentum because of the things, because of sin. Um, and every time you listen or read God's word, that it should keep motivating you to keep going, to not lose heart, to keep fighting for holiness, and to honor the Lord with all that you have in your life. 
Well, that's it. Nehemiah chapter 13 of the book of Nehemiah. We're finally reaching the end. I am actually going to take a break. Um, I've been doing this for basically eight months. <laughs> and I want to take a few weeks off um, just to recuperate a little bit and to do more things for the church, for the Sunday school and sermons and stuff like that. Um, the next series that we're going to go through is the book of Exodus. Um, I, I, I wanted to go through that book next year because um, I want to be able to basically the, uh, the Exodus is like the gospel of the Old Testament is supposed to show us um, that people have forgotten it whenever you see uh, the Old Testament prophets rebuke individuals that have you not forgotten what I've done for you in delivering from Egypt that's like their gospel and I can see that that can be a temptation for us so we're going through the Old Testament version of the gospel in that sense uh, since PH is going through the book of Luke, I thought it would be fun to go through the uh, to go through the Exodus. Um, it's going to take us probably the half of next year to do, um, but I'm looking forward to to that study. The first of that is going to be January fourth, twenty twenty one. I'm sure I'm going to hear from some of you, but if I don't, uh, have a, a good Christmas and also Happy New Year's. Take care and see you next year. Thank you.